This is episode number 111 with Michael Carbone. New concepts and ideas to help you reach your full potential. Success 101 Podcast. Welcome to the Success 101 Podcast. This is your host, Jared Warren. And each episode, my goal is to bring you a new concept or idea to help you maximize your full potential. Thanks for joining me here today. Now let's kick things off. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Success 101 Podcast. I am so fortunate that you are here with me today and even more excited about my guest today. But before we get into that, I wanted to let you know how fired up I am about how well the podcast is doing both nationally and internationally. And if this is your first time listening or you're a regular listener of the Success 101 Podcast, I would be so grateful for you to go over to iTunes and give it a five-star rating and even a review. That's what's going to keep this thing going on into the future. Now, let's go ahead and dive into our show today. I'm excited to bring to you Michael Carbone, who's become a good friend of mine and someone who's inspired me for a very long time now. And I was very excited whenever I found out I was going to have a chance to get him on the show. And if you don't know who Michael is, you are missing out. He's an online entrepreneur, an Iron Man. He's the founder of a great, great podcast out there, the Unleash Yourself podcast out on iTunes which I am a big fan of, and I've gotten tons of wisdom from his podcast from an overall business standpoint. Michael, he just inspires me, mainly because he did what a lot of people would not do out there. He realized that he was unfulfilled in the career that he was in, and he packed up and decided to be a world traveler and start an online business. He's currently living in Italy, where he runs his online business and his webinars that he's doing right now. And Michael's not just into business. He loves athletics and loves sports. He's a former collegiate baseball player who then trained to be an Ironman, had never gone out and done it before, but decided he wanted to do it, put his mind to it, and went and made it happen. He is just extremely inspiring to me, and I'm so glad to bring him to the Success 101 podcast today. Hey, good morning, Michael. Well, I guess actually it's the evening over there for you, but welcome to the Success 101 podcast. How are things over in Italy? Things are fantastic. I'm glad that uh, I'm here. I didn't expect to be here at the start of the year. I left uh, Canada. I'm from Montreal. I left for Thailand uh, for two months, planned on skipping out on the coldest months of the year, January, February. Um, I ended up skipping my flight back home to Montreal, staying in Thailand, going to Bali for a quick trip. And now I'm I'm in Italy for the summer. So uh, things are great. I love the food here. I'm actually Italian descent. So my grandparents are Italian. So I grew up in an Italian family. So I'm, I'm happy to be back in this environment that is so comfortable for me. So, Michael, I've got a question for you, buddy. Can I just live one day of your life? <laughs> I mean, come on. You're living right now. I guess what some people might say is a dream. I'm looking at your Instagram pictures. I'm seeing where you're traveling to and you're running your business as an online entrepreneur and a highly successful podcaster, nonetheless. And, you know, I know we're going to talk about your business a little bit more today, but fill in the blanks a little bit on how you got to where you are right now and the path that got you there. Yeah, so it's been a very, very interesting journey. And I think the the most common reason or the most, you know, the most powerful reason that I'm here is just purely based on action. And I've never been one to, um, you know, plan too far ahead um, through school as well. I never really knew what I wanted to study per se. 
I always kind of felt like I would go with the flow of things and I'd figure things out as they'd be presented to me. So, you know, through college, through high school, even before that, I never really knew what I wanted to do. And when people ask me, what do you want to do when you grow up? I'm like, I don't know. Um, and even when it came to, you know, picking my college major, you know, I was fortunate enough to get a baseball scholarship and I went, I moved from Montreal to New York, upstate New York on uh, a private uh, school, a college uh, in upstate Albany, New York called the College of St. Rose. And even when I picked my major back then, like I flipped through the student handbook and I saw sports, marketing and management. And, you know, I was a baseball player. And because I saw the word sports, I said, let me jump into this program. And that's when I really discovered my love for business. And for me at the time, like I never wanted to go into business because my dad was an accountant. And for me, that was business, like finance and accounting was business and I didn't want to do it. So I kind of avoided it for the longest time until I saw this program, sports marketing and management. And I'm like, boom, let's do this. And then that's when my eyes were open to the world of business. You know, there's marketing, there's uh, customer service. There's so many different ways to to go about business. Obviously, it's not just accounting and finance. And, you know, so I started getting more interested in school, started looking a little more forward as to what I wanted to do. And I knew that I wanted to be in the business world. Um, I just didn't know what capacity just yet. So at the time, I mean, I focused on playing baseball, going to school. Uh, after I graduated, I went to grad school and I got my MBA. And, and then I graduated and I went back home and I had a master's degree in business. And, you know, all my friends that I graduated with were getting corporate jobs and getting these amazing job titles and good salaries. And I always had this really uncomfortable or I had this discomfort in me when it came to getting that job. And I think I, I never really gave it thought. And I think when the time came that I had to, you know, now's the time that you get a job, I just didn't feel comfortable with it. And the reason why I didn't feel comfortable with it, I think, is because I always wanted to be an entrepreneur. I just didn't know it at the time. And, you know, I, I was fortunate enough that as a baseball player, after I graduated, I started networking with a friend of mine that I was uh, that I met in my graduate program who was being an independent contractor for an NFL agency. So basically what that meant was that he was bringing the agency clients as an independent contractor, um, and then he would get a commission based on the bonuses that that agency would um, negotiate for the client. And so he wasn't an agent, but he was an independent contractor. So at that point, you know, I was a baseball player. I was dealing with injuries my, you know, in my senior year and my junior year as well. I knew that playing baseball professionally wasn't uh, an option anymore, but I wanted to be in the business world. I wanted to be in the sports world, specifically in baseball. So I kind of started, you know, networking and trying to meet people in that space. And I reached out to one of my friends. Uh, I had worked for the Montreal Alouettes, which is a football team in the Canadian Football League. And I had interned there, you know, a couple years before in the marketing department and, you know, just did paperwork basically. And I loved it because I was able to go to all the games for free. And, you know, it was an internship for the summer. So I reached out to one of my friends there and he knew an, an agency in Montreal that was, you know, a hockey agency being in Canada. And they were interested in starting a baseball division since I was a, an NBA graduate and I was a baseball player and I had so many connections to the baseball world. They gave me my first job. And at the time, it was a great balance for me because it was, you know, a good job. But at the same time, it was very entrepreneurial because now I was helping them, you know, jumpstart this baseball division. I had a lot of flexibility. I had a lot of um, autonomy and I had a lot of creative ability. Um, and, and from there, I'm going to make the story a little shorter. From there, I had, let's say, three other jobs and I bounced around quite a bit because the agency wasn't moving in the direction I wanted. So I left the agency and I went somewhere else and I didn't went somewhere else. I ended up working for Nike in retail because I wanted to work at the head office at Nike. And, 
the easiest way to get in there was by being an internal candidate. So I ended up, you know, saying, you know, being strategic about it. So let me be an internal candidate by working in retail and, you know, becoming an internal candidate and working, being a Nike employee, having that at Nike.com email address. And that didn't work out well either. <laughs> and yeah, to make a long story short, I was very fortunate to end up in retail with Nike because it really pushed me to my breaking point. It made me realize like, look, I'm not doing what I want to be doing. I'm trying to, you know, hack the system of getting a good corporate job. And that's not even the plan A, that's still plan B. And my plan A was the dream, which was, you know, start my own online business and travel the world. So fortunately, that Nike job in retail was the extreme where I didn't want to be, you know, an MBA graduate working in retail. And it really made me accelerate that process of being unhappy, being unfulfilled, being pretty much miserable at the time. And it made me quit my job and say, you know what, I want to start an online business. There's no better way than to just start one. And that's kind of how I got started. And now we are two years later. So I'm two years into this online business world, two years as an online entrepreneur, and I'm still here and I'm living that dream that you mentioned that I used to dream about when I was like unpacking boxes of shoes working for Nike. And I'm in, I'm in Italy now. Last year, I visited five continents while building my business and traveling. And um, yeah, as, as you mentioned, my Instagram account is, is fairly interesting with, with a lot of cool pictures, a lot of cool places. And I've been very fortunate to have all these, these really cool experiences. So Michael, I know you've recently moved to Italy and you said you were in Thailand before. What was the turning point for you that took you from what you were doing at Nike before you started traveling to the path that you're on right now? Was there a defining moment for you to go out and create a business for yourself? Yeah, so it was Thailand and there was one single defining moment. So I, I remember it clearly. So the turning point for me was when I was working for Nike, I started running. So I was surrounded by all these runners and, you know, working for a company. And I love Nike. It's my favorite brand still to this day. I really ident identify with the, with the brand, with the culture, and I became a runner. I started running. Um, this was after I graduated as a baseball player. I retired from baseball. I had injuries, and I didn't want to play baseball anymore, and I needed something to fill the void because, you know, playing college baseball is pretty much playing, tra training, traveling, practicing, doing something that involved baseball every single day, and then when I graduated, I had this void, and I filled that with running, so I ran a marathon, and then shortly after the marathon... I kind of had this void again because now, you know, all my time was spent marathon training and now the marathon was over. I was like, what's next? And I ended up signing up for an Ironman. And for those listening who don't know what an Ironman is, it's known as the hardest day of all sports. And it's a 3.8 kilometer swim. And then it's followed by 180 kilometer bike. And then it ends off with a full 42.2 kilometer uh, marathon. And the reason why I say that was the turning point for me was because when I signed up for that race, I didn't own a bicycle which is like a major component of the race. And I didn't know how to swim, which is also a major component of the race. All I had was the run component down. And, you know, the reason why that changed everything for me was because as I started to train, I started to realize like, okay, you know, I signed up for this race. Again, I was a bit delusional. I was a bit delusionally optimistic, as I like to say, about the process and about how easy this was. And I, you know, I jumped in with this confidence, like I'm an athlete, I can do this. And then I realized, like, wait a minute, you know, swimming is much, much more, more difficult than I thought. Cycling as well, when you're trying to build the endurance to cycle 180 kilometers, which is 112 miles. And I kind of hit a breaking point where I'm like, whoa, you know, for the first time in my life, I faced this obstacle of this uncertainty, like maybe I can't do this. And then at that point, I started, you know, doing whatever I needed to do, hire a coach, focus on nutrition, learn, uh, you know, 
evolve and take the steps I need to, to jumping in a pool and not being able to swim 25 meters to then swimming 50 meters and 100 meters and 200 meters and then, you know, one kilometer and then one mile. And when I started seeing that progress, I said, wait a minute, if I can do this in the pool with swimming and running and biking, I did all the things that I know I need to do because I had this accountability of race day. Race day was coming. I knew I had to be ready and I had to do whatever it t- took to get ready. And I only had nine months to do it. I said, why can't I do this for my dream of being an online entrepreneur? Why can't I quit my job? Just like signing up for the race when I wasn't ready. So I quit my job with no backup plan, with no business, with no idea of what I wanted to do. And then I said, you know, I was able to do whatever it took to make this Ironman thing happen. Why can't I do it for my business? Um, So when I had that realization that I could do that in business as well, not just as an athlete, but as also as an entrepreneur, I had this new sense of confidence in myself. And that's what gave me the confidence to, you know, quit my job and get started. And that's what also gave me the confidence to set out to travel across the world to Thailand. And I had never been, you know, anywhere past Italy, like the furthest I've traveled on that side of the world was to Europe. And I've never been to Asia. I've never been to Australia. I've never been to those places. So it was a scary moment for me when I packed my bags up and I was planning on being gone for three months last year. And, you know, I was also coming from a conservative Italian family where, you know, we don't we just just don't do this kind of stuff. No one in my family has traveled like that by themselves. I was backpacking on my own. So it was scary. Yeah. But I always went back to that idea of that Ironman date. So that's why you'll see on my website or even if I send off an email in my signature, it says Michael Carbone, online entrepreneur and Ironman. And the reason why I carry that there is because it reminds me of that mentality or that mind shift I made when I did that race. And when I accomplished that, you know, a task that I initially thought was impossible, I accomplished it. And that really transferred into my perception of what I can do in every other aspect of life. Michael, I'd say what you did and what you're doing right now is just so abnormal to our culture today in the workplace environment where, you know, the majority of people th- feel that they need to be more grounded. They've got to be buckled down and settled in to have that successful career they're trying to build. But you picked up. You decided to travel the world and make that happen. So what would you tell the entrepreneur today or the guy in the corporate world that feels like they're stuck? They're not fulfilled, but they also don't know how to get up and just move somewhere. Was there a time that you felt stuck during this process? Well, first off, I would say that I most definitely felt stuck multiple times in my life. I still feel stuck in certain areas of my life. And that's why the, you know, the name of my podcast is called Unleash Yourself because, you know, it's all about letting go and being vulnerable and, you know, surrendering to certain things that you, you want to do. And it's interesting because sometimes you even need to give yourself permission to do those things and tell yourself, it's okay if I want to quit my job. It's okay if I want to, you know, sign up for a race or a 10K or a half marathon, even if, you know, so-and-so might not agree with me. So to start, definitely. I mean, I was stuck multiple times. The The process started long before I actually quit my job. Like when I was in college, my first business was consulting online for online poker. So I was a poker player, you know, I was a baseball player. I was studying for my graduate degree and I played online poker in my spare time. And I was somewhat of a professional poker player. I don't like to call myself that, but I guess you can say I was. I mean, I was doing very well playing online poker and I started coaching. So what happened was I started this coaching business because one day I was playing online and someone came to my table on full tilt poker and asked me like, hey, you know, I've been following you for a while. I think you're, you're amazing. Could you teach me? And at the time I was like, no, I'm, I'm not going to teach you, you know, my strategy and my thought process and what I know that makes me successful because that's just not what poker players do. I mean, we have this knowledge. We have this strategy. We don't want to share it. And then he said, you know, what? I'll pay you. You can coach me. 
And that changed everything, just the way he structured his question. Because when he first, when he first asked me, he's like, could you teach me? And I was like, no. And then he's like, could you coach me? And I was like, yeah. I mean, I've coached people in baseball. I coach people in athletics and fitness, but I never thought of coaching poker. So on the side, you know, I was going to school, I was playing baseball, I was playing poker, and then I was coaching poker. And I did this for fun. For me, it was a hobby. I never really considered it to be an online business, but I was consulting for over $100 an hour playing, you know, online poker consulting for over $100 an hour. And I still never looked at it as a business. And at the time, I was still following all these online entrepreneurs that I looked up to, like Tim Ferriss and Lewis Howes, Lewis Howes specifically, you know, Ramit Sethi. And I was reading all their blogs, listening to their YouTube videos and following their every move. Yet I was not applying any of the information I was learning. So I was learning all this stuff and I still felt stuck because I'm like, I don't know how to apply it. I don't know what business to start. And, you know, my poker business, I never even saw it as a business. And I felt, you know, that it wasn't realistic to want to do something like that. It just wasn't possible. Maybe I was being delusional again. And that stayed with me for a very, very long time. And I think one of the biggest issues for me at the time was that I didn't have any mentors. I didn't have anyone in the real world other than the online world that could help me or looked, I looked up to, I reached out to for advice. I kind of kept it within myself because every time I spoke about it, you know, amongst my friends and family, you know, no one was an entrepreneur. No one really encouraged that side of things because it's too risky. Like, you know, go to school, get an MBA, get a good job, and then life is easy. But for me, life wasn't easy like that. That, would, that was a very hard life for me because it wasn't my interest. It wasn't my passion and so on and so on. Um, so what happened was I felt stuck in that life for so, so long. And that's why I say I was very fortunate that I ended up working for Nike where I hit this breaking point really, really quickly. And that's when I looked in the mirror and I said, you know what? You're not happy. You keep you know, chasing this life that you don't even want. Why not finally take action on this dream that you have? And what I would suggest that everyone does and what helped me was the idea of just signing up for the race. And again, it comes from the concept of when I did Ironman, what did I do? I wanted to do Ironman. I was not ready. I didn't know how to swim. I didn't have a bike. I had all these things around me that told me you cannot do this race. But the thing that made me do the race was signing up for the race. I signed up that day. I was not ready. I, you know, everyone around me would look at me and said, you're crazy. Do a half Ironman first. Do an Olympic distance triathlon first, at least I had never done a triathlon and had my sights set on Ironman. And so what I would say to everyone listening, is just sign up for the race, because once you sign up now, whatever that means for you, you know, quit your job, you know, make extra time, go to bed later, wake up earlier, do whatever you need to do. Um, the, the idea of signing up for the race for me is a metaphor for taking action, something that's going to keep you accountable and keep you committed. Because again, when I signed up for that race, I had that timeline. I knew that on April 17th, my race was happening. Whether I was ready or not, that race was happening and I had to be ready for it. So it kept me accountable. I had that timeline. I had that vision. I knew what I needed to do to get there. And now it's just about doing it. You know, and if there was a point where I hit a roadblock or hit an obstacle or hit a wall, not no pun intended, I would have to find a way to get over it. Whether that was hiring a coach, whether that was buying a course, whether that was doing whatever, you know, and that's what kept me accountable to taking action and, and getting results. Michael, I love your podcast. I've been a subscriber for quite a while now, but I'd love for you to tell our listeners about your podcast, you know, why it was created, what you're doing in your online business and your other ventures of success. Sure. So I started the Unleash Yourself podcast where I interview really inspiring entrepreneurs, online celebrities, Olympic athletes, and we always talk about how they got unleashed, you know, so 
the best part of the podcast for me is, you know, reaching all these successful people and hearing that at one point they were stuck too. And then hearing what they did along the way to get unleashed from that place that they felt stuck and lost and confused and unhappy to get to where they are today. Um, And other than the podcast, I have a course that I teach people how to host webinars. And the reason why I have that course is because to fill in some of the blanks that I left behind in in the story there. When when I graduated, I stopped playing online poker completely. I stopped coaching online poker completely. And then, you know, when I quit my job, I wanted to do something fancy. And I, I put fancy in quotes. And that's because I had an MBA. So I wanted to look successful really, really quickly. So I said, I want to start a marketing agency. I want to do marketing consulting. I want to do all these high level things. And guess what? You know, none of that worked. So I went for about four months really struggling and grinding and trying to make something out of nothing and trying to go, you know, skipping all the small steps, skipping one to 10 to jump to 20 right away. And I quickly realized that that's not how things work. You know, you have to go through it yourself before you're able to teach someone else how to do it. Right. And I said, you know what? I went four months without making a dollar. I was really unhappy. I started doubting the whole situation. I'm like, maybe everyone was right. Maybe, you know, this whole online business thing isn't as easy as I thought. Maybe I have to get a full-time job again. Maybe I need to go back and face reality and stop being delusional as I've always been. And that just wasn't an option for me. So when I stopped to think of, I'm like, okay, what can I teach someone? And believe it or not, like, even though I graduated, graduated with an MBA, I still didn't feel like I had skills or knowledge or something that I could teach other people. So in that moment, I'm like, I know that I can teach poker. I know that, you know, I'm a successful poker player. I know that I've coached over a hundred people on how to play poker. I have all these results and testimonials that I've helped people achieve. What if I started my online business around online poker? And at the time, like I said, I was following Lewis Howes and all these people who had started information products. And I said, okay, you know, my information product will be about online poker, how to make your first 1K playing online poker. And I'm going to learn the ins and outs of online business, the ins and outs of podcasting, of marketing, of, you know, creating a funnel, building an email list, all of these little things you need to learn as a successful online entrepreneur. I'm going to learn it by building this business about, you know, playing poker. And I sent that, I gave myself about a year to year and a half as that timeline for that project. And I started my website. I started a poker podcast. I learned how to podcast. I learned how to reach out to people and interview. I started an online course. So I learned how to build an online course. I learned how to create the course and then learned how to sell it. And that's how I ended up learning about webinars. Because, you know, at the time I noticed that all these amazing entrepreneurs, all these successful people were hosting live webinars. And I said, if they're all doing it, you know, this must work. And I remember watching my first webinar and I think it was Lewis Howes that was, was doing the webinar and he was selling a course. And at the end of his webinar, he was reading out a list of all these names of people who are buying his course. And I was just there listening and I was like, this is crazy. You know, the course is being sold for $997 and he already read off like 15 to 20 names of people who bought his course and the webinar is not even over yet. So obviously, being delusional, I was hooked. I'm like, I need to host webinars. I need to learn what makes Lewis so successful by hosting webinars. And that's what I did. So I started learning about webinars. I started, you know, hosting my own webinars, failing miserably at the beginning because, you know, on the surface, a webinar looks so simple. You show up, you listen to someone's presentation, they sell something at the end and they make sales. But the reality of the situation is a lot more complex than that. So it's not just about going live and you know, speaking for an hour. It's about influential communication. It's about inspiration. It's about correct sales process and strategy and connection, right? So I learned all this stuff and 
I was able to sell my poker course on a different level. I was selling my course way more than I was before. And then I started getting hooked on webinars because now this works. How can I make it work more? And at the time, I was also traveling. And, you know, it was such a great time in my life because um, at that time, this is 2014, 2015, I was traveling Thailand and Australia and I was hosting webinars and literally all I needed was my laptop, a microphone and, and a Wi-Fi signal. And I remember the most um, gratifying moment or the moment that I remember the most of that year was traveling across Australia in a van, backpacking across the country, hosting webinars every time we stopped in a, in a you know a major city that I had a quiet hotel room and a good Wi-Fi connection. And I made, I remember on one night I stopped and we were in Melbourne and I made $3,500 on one webinar in one hour. And for me, it was the most gratifying experience because I remembered, you know, listening to Lewis's webinar saying, I want to do webinars. I want to sell on webinars. I want to do all this crazy stuff. And then going through that process of learning, trial and error, frustration, and getting to a point where, you know, I made more than people make in a month on, you know, one hour webinar while traveling across one of the most beautiful countries I've ever visited. Um, so now today I've, I've come through that project, that timeline I gave myself. I said, I'm going to give myself a year and a half to learn everything I can about, you know, online business, creating an online course and podcasting through the poker business. And now that I've done that, I've been able to transition and start my own personal brand. So michaelcarbone.ca is, is my personal brand where I have the Unleash Yourself podcast. And I also have the course on webinars where I teach people everything I learned along the way, you know, on how to host webinars, how to connect with your audience and how to sell more of your stuff via a live webinar. So thanks a lot, man. You took my next question right from me. I was going to ask you who you tune into and take advice from. And you mentioned Lewis House, who I follow as well and I love. Are there others that you can recommend to follow that have led you on this journey of success that you've had so far? For me, the number one, and this is not even close for me, is Ramit Sethi from IWillTeachYouToBeRich.com. I think he's, for me at least, I think he's the most brilliant one out there. I think that his newsletters are so incredibly well written and I love his sense of humor. Some people might think he's a, might be a little too harsh every once in a while, but he makes me laugh. I think he's brilliant in terms of being a marketer, a copywriter, and just as, as an entrepreneur. So if, if you haven't heard of Ramit Sethi from IWillTeachYouToBeRich.com, I think for me, he's the number one and it's not even close between number one and number two. What's been your biggest challenge since becoming an entrepreneur, you know, since you started your business and started traveling the world? I think the biggest challenge for me over the past year, at least, has been uh, more personal than uh, anything. And the reason why I say that is because I think all the other challenges that come up in life are due to personal issues, whether that's lack of self-confidence, lack of, you know, self-image, lack of anything. All your limiting beliefs are the beliefs that limit your actions and then your actions that you don't take, you know, influence your results. So, you know. It might sound that I have everything figured out, but I really don't. I'm not any different than, you know, yourself or anyone else listening. Um, I think the fact that I've been able to travel so much has allowed me to develop a lot personally. And at the same time, as you develop personally, the more, you know, harsh realities you need to face in order to grow. And the reason why I think traveling has done that for me is because, I was able to meet so many people from such different walks of life, you know, different cultures, different beliefs. And not only is that inspiring, but it's also, you know, it helps you or even forces you to look at yourself in the mirror and question your beliefs and say, you know, they're doing it one way and it's working for them. I'm doing it my way 
and it's working for me, or, you know, maybe it's not working for me, how can I, you know, open my mind to the differences in, you know, thought and creativity in personal development and all these things. Um, and I think the fact that I've been able to see all that and travel and meet all these people and, and feel inspired by them and learn from them has also allowed me to open up and be more vulnerable myself because going back a few years, you know, my life was very, very mundane, very standard, very lack. It lacked a lot of excitement. It lacked, um, it lacked that, that putting myself in a space where I'm uncomfortable. I was living this life of comfort. And as we all know, nothing really good ever comes from comfort zones. It comes from pushing the boundaries. It comes from, you know, taking a chance and feeling those nerves and not being sure if you can do it or not. And, you know, the more I traveled, the more I felt inspired, the more I met these people who helped elevate me. And at the same time, the more I questioned my past beliefs or my current beliefs. And the struggles come when you're trying to break past that. And I think the struggles have come for me the most in terms of personal when it comes to confidence, because um, it might sound I'm the most confident person, but I still look at myself and wonder, you know, I have the same fears that we all have, I have the same doubts we all have. You know, can I do this? You know, am I worthy of, you know, having a course on webinars? Am I worthy of, you know, teaching other people? Do people actually want to learn from me? So all these, you know, limiting beliefs and, and all these personal struggles that you, you know, you deal with, you learn from, you grow, grow past and get beyond affect your action. Um, so yeah, I think everything that I've done has been a, a process or a result of that personal development. And this is why I'm so big on self-help and personal development is because I believe that, you know, we all have these limiting beliefs that stop us from taking the desired actions we want. And that stops us from achieving the dreams that we have. So I think we should all start at the beginning and look within, you know, whether it's within our heart or within our mind and within, you know, maybe even our current environment, um, the people we are surrounded by, or, you know, the people we hang out with, all these factors are having an impact on the way we think, and that has an impact on the way we act or don't act, and that has an impact on the direction we go in or don't go in. And the worst thing that I see that people do is that they live in that headspace for such a long time that they never take the action. Then the action becomes more and more and more difficult the more you wait, and then they never get to that point where they're doing the things they want to do. And then they look back, you know, five years, 10 years, 20 years, whatever, and they have regrets. And I think that's the worst thing that, that we can have. So I think the best thing you can do right now is to start looking within because within is where the magic happens. Once you start, you know, moving past these fears and these doubts that you have, you start seeing the world differently and you start having more confidence, more belief, and that accelerates action and results. So Michael, I think I can read people pretty well. And you seem to be, from what I can tell, just a very disciplined person. That's one of the things I've taken away from the things I've heard you say in the past and the content you've put out. That may come naturally for you, but I would say for most people out there, a high level of discipline does not come easily. It's not natural. Uh, I guess that could stem from your athletic success and knowing what it takes to work hard and get the job done. But tell us, maybe if that's what it was, how your athletic training and your business training helped shape the path you're on today as a business owner and how those things tie together for your personal and professional growth. Yeah, so it's interesting because I'm going to answer this in two separate parts. So when I signed up for Ironman, I was very confident as an athlete because I had performed on such a big stage in various different fields that I felt that, you know, I can do anything. So when I set out to run Ironman or race an Ironman or, you know, finish one of the hardest days in all the sports, 
I got a lot of resistance. Even I remember when I, when I met my coach for the first time, I told him my situation, I'm like, Hey, I can't swim. I don't have a bike, but I want to do Ironman. It's nine months away. What could we do? He's like, why don't we start with a half Ironman? I think you can do half in nine months. And I said, I understand I could do half in nine months, but I know that after I do half, I'm going to want to do the full. So let's skip the half and go straight to the full. And he gave me his, you know, his warnings of saying that this is not as easy as you think. And, you know, I took them with a grain of salt, obviously. And we came up with a plan to make it happen. And we did. And everyone I spoke to, you know, laughed at me or told me, you know, you're crazy. How do you want to do that? Why do you think that's even possible? I remember even, you know, at the time I was joining a lot of these Facebook groups of Ironman groups. And I would ask questions every time I had one because I was a complete noob. Like I had never... I never experimented with nutrition and, you know, fueling my body and recovery and, you know, high performance. So I'd go in these Facebook groups and I'd ask a question. And usually the Ironman community, they're amazing. Like everyone supports one another. But I remember once I got a reply and someone said, ha ha ha, a full Ironman for your first triathlon. Good luck. Like super sarcastic. And I took a screenshot of that and I saved it. And I knew that, you know, I took the haters with confidence and I ignored them because I was confident. Now, if we switch gears and we go to the Michael, the entrepreneur, Michael, the entrepreneur was not confident when he started. He had no one around him who had been an entrepreneur. He had no reason to feel he can do this because I had never, you know, experimented with entrepreneurship. I had never really started a business. And like I told you, even though I was coaching people, you know, about online poker for over a hundred dollars an hour on Skype, I never saw it as a business. So for me, you know, I had never done business online. So I had a lot of these doubts. Then that came accompanied with, you know, resistance from my family, friends, because, you know, they want the best for me. And they're like, Michael, you have an MBA, you're educated, you're smart, go get a job and have some stability in your life. You know, when are you going to settle down? When are you going to, you know, consider starting a family? When are you going to, you know, buy a house or buy a condo or something? Because that's just a process that everyone takes. Um, So I had a lot of resistance and it was really, really hard because I decided to hide, And what I mean by hide is that I didn't want to seek help because I felt like that was admitting defeat. I felt like that was admitting that I'm not good enough. And I had never been used to doing that in the past. I had never been comfortable asking for help. Um, And because everyone had these doubts about me or, you know, discouraged me from doing this, I didn't want to admit that, hey, I don't know what I'm doing and I might not succeed. So at the beginning, like I said, I spent those four months like completely failing, but you know, no one knows you're failing when you're online. As long as you have a nice facade, you have a nice website, you carry yourself well. When people ask you how you're doing, it's like, I'm doing great. You know, I have the freedom that I've always wanted. I have flexibility that I've always wanted. I'm traveling the world. I'm super, super happy. Um, but you, you know, people don't know what's going on behind the scenes. So I think for me, the hardest part was that was acknowledging that you're a beginner, even though you have an MBA, I mean, you don't know what you're doing when it comes to online business. And it was seeking that help in order to get from A to B to C to D and not trying to jump ahead 20 letters without really knowing what you're doing or without having any substance behind it. Because I think that catches up to you down the road. Like you can only, you know, fake it till you make it so long until you start, you know, asking people for help and you actually stop faking it and actually start making it. And, you know, you, you really take that linear approach rather than going in circles a hundred times before you get to where you need to go. Hey, Michael, I'd love to know what keeps you grounded and focused on what you're doing. I mean, you're getting the chance to travel the world, but yet I know you're still dealing with the stresses of the world. You've got to put out relevant content. You've got to earn revenue. Those stresses don't go away just because you're in really cool places. Do you have any sort of morning or evening routines that help you feel a little bit more focused that, you know, you've been able to build in and that's led to your success? I think um, what keeps me grounded is, you know, the people I surround myself with. They help me, you know, always look, you know, 
further ahead or, you know, help me look at where I am right now and just appreciate the moment. And I think traveling has also helped me do that because a lot of times when you're traveling, you know, you're hanging out with very different people. Sometimes I'm hanging out with online entrepreneurs, digital nomads, people who are doing the same thing I'm doing. And other times I'm hanging out with people who are backpackers and they're, you know, traveling on a very, very light budget, especially when you're in Southeast Asia, they're, you know, trying to get by on $30 a day. And you have this different sense of appreciation for life because you're like, hey, I'm doing this and I'm making, you know, enough money to keep going and building a business. And I have a stable, not necessarily stable, but I have a, I have an income that, you know, I'm, I'm working towards and I, I have this direction. I have this purpose when I wake up in the morning and you feel this sense of of happiness and gratitude that you're not necessarily struggling every day to get by and you're not going meal to meal. Um, so I think it has to do also with the way you surround yourself. And like I said, I surround myself with really incredible people that I'm extremely fortunate to have met and family as well that, you know, now that they see that this is what I want and it's been two years now that I'm working towards this, that they've, they've switched their approach with me. And instead of, you know, discouraging it, they see that this is what I want and that there's no other option for me at this point, definitely. Um, and that I'm doing my thing and I'm being successful in their eyes because, you know, everyone, I mean, at least my parents, I think the fact that I have a podcast makes me instantly successful because they're like, oh, my God, he has like this radio show and he's interviewing all these people. So he must be successful instantly. Um, so that's pretty funny. But so now, I mean, my parents have changed their approach with me and, and my friends as well. And I have, you know, I've met amazing people from all, all, all around the world. And um, I think one of the best parts, one of the best decisions I've ever made was going to Chiang Mai in Thailand because of the digital nomad community there. And like in Chiang Mai for me, it was a huge turning point because I was able to meet a lot of people doing the same thing. And I stopped feeling alone. I started feeling like, you know, this is reasonable because look at all these other people who are doing it. You know, I'm not the only crazy one or the only weird one trying to make something out of nothing. No, no, this is actually real because look at all these people who are doing it too. Um, so that's what really kept me grounded. I, I also have to say that I'm, I'm, I've always learned to be very humble about things and you know, never take anything to, for granted. I think that comes from Michael, the athlete, who, you know, has always been, you know, I've always been very good at most sports that I've played. And like I said, I got a college scholarship as well. And I've always learned, my parents always taught me to be humble and not feel superior to other people's just because of your baseball performance. And I feel like that's carried over to entrepreneurship as well. And just because I have this unique lifestyle and I'm doing, you know, living my dream. And it doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, other people want to do this. I see my brother who's my, you know, my age, we're only a year apart and we grew up together. We have the same parents. We had the same lifestyle growing up and he's like a high level banker in Toronto working, you know, um, in, for one of the biggest banks in Canada. And we have a very different idea of what our dreams are. So I think that also helps me stay humble. Um, and when it comes to morning routines that you mentioned, I, I've never really done morning routines up until recently. So up until recently, I would just wing it and I would literally just wake up whenever I woke up. And I had a pretty good routine in the sense that I wouldn't sleep until noon every day. I was always up around 8 o'clock, 8.30, the latest with no alarm clock, which I loved. And, you know, I'd always, my morning routine used to be, you know, wake up whenever I, whenever I would around 8.30, check my emails, check my Instagram, you know, the worst thing you can possibly do. And then, you know, get changed, uh, have some breakfast go to a coffee shop and start working. 
And I noticed that a lot of times I would feel stuck in my day and I would sit at my laptop and not know what to do. And then I'd go out for a run or I'd go out for a hike and I'd get all these amazing ideas of the things I need to do. And I had so much clarity. So I said, obviously, something I'm doing is not allowing me to have clarity when I start my day because I sit on my laptop and I don't know what to do. Like, I literally have to think of like, OK, what am I going to do today? And I had no creativity and I had so many thoughts running around my head that I wasn't able to be productive. So I started a morning routine that I've put together with help of some friends that have you know, gotten great results from it. And for me, it looks something like this, which I'll explain in a second, but you know, you can, you can kind of model it, but make it your own because I think morning routines are very unique to the individual based on their, you know, personality, based on what works for them. So mine right now for the last, I would say last two weeks, so it's fairly new for me and I've already experienced some really good results. Um, for the last two weeks, it looks something like this. So I set my alarm clock at 6.50 a.m. and I snooze till seven. Sometimes I might snooze to 7.10. Once I am up, I go put some coffee to brew and I sit on the couch or on a comfortable chair and I meditate with the help of Headspace, which is a really, really cool app. And I've never been one to meditate before, um, but I think it's, it's something that I felt I needed to do because my mind tends to race like crazy. And, you know, even now, it's only been a couple of weeks that I've been meditating. I've seen already an improvement in my clarity and in my ability to control my thoughts because when I first started meditating, my thoughts would go 100 miles an hour, like the recording on Headspace, it's like a guided meditation, that recording would, you know, tell you what to think and what to do and, and how to deal with your thoughts and noises. But I wasn't even able to listen to him because my thoughts were going 100 miles an hour. So meditation is definitely something that I'm, I've incorporated and I want to keep incorporating. So like I said, I've already started seeing some fairly good results with it. So I wake up, meditate. Then once I'm done meditating, I eat. When I wake up in the morning, I'm not sure if this is just me, but I'm starving. So I eat breakfast and then I jump in the shower. So I shower. I think about my day. Once I'm out of the shower, I journal. I bought a small little notebook and I said, I'm going to use one page per day. I tend to be long-winded, so I'm going to get a small notebook so I don't, I, I can't write more than a page. So I have to be to the point. And at the same time, I have a hard time expressing myself and being vulnerable and being authentic with my thoughts. You know, even sometimes on my Instagram, I post a picture and it takes me like 30 minutes to write a caption because I don't know how to, I shouldn't say I don't know how to, I, I, I'm very reserved in my thoughts and my emotions and I've, I've really hidden, you know, things that I felt in the past and now it's hard for them to, to come out naturally. So I think journaling is going to help me do that. So I've been journaling every day as well. And uh, then I sit down and read for 15 to 20 minutes. And then once I'm done reading, I do some sort of body movement, whether that's, you know, jumping jacks or push-ups or just stretching and nothing too crazy. Like for me, if it would be push-ups like this morning, I did 35 push-ups and that's not too strenuous for me. And then I did a light stretch. So nothing really um, like physically strenuous, just something to get the body moving, just to get the, the blood flowing. So to recap that very long-winded answer, it's going to be wake up, meditate, eat, shower, journal, read, body movement, and then I'm ready to jump on my laptop and start my day. So as I mentioned, Michael, you've got great content out there that I want to definitely steer people toward. Where can we best find you online and see more of what you're doing? The best place to go is my website. I think everything is there. So the website is michaelcarbone.ca. So that's my first name first name and my last name, .ca, because I'm Canadian, not .com. So that's a quick way to remember it. And, you know, you can check out everything I'm up to there. So you have links to the podcast on the website. 
He had some free business building resources. I have an ebook on, you know, how to build an Instagram account to over 20,000. I have a free mini course on webinars. Um, and you can just jump on uh, and, and grab one of those two. And that's going to put you directly on my newsletter. So on my email list, and I'm going to be able to keep you up to date, up to date to what I'm up to and where I'm going and what I'm doing and other free you know, resources that I offer. And I send exclusively to people who are on that email list. Um, and then you can follow me on Instagram. I try to be very uh, engaged with my followers there. So feel free to give me a follow. And on Instagram, at I'm at Michael Carbone 8 with the number 8. And uh, feel free to shoot me a comment. Tell me that you heard me on the Success 101 podcast. And I'd be more than happy to, to shoot you a reply. And you can always send me an email if you have any questions about my lifestyle, about digital nomadism, about building an online business, about you know anything you'd like. Feel free to shoot me an email. And you can just find everything you need over at my website. So again, it's michaelcarbone.ca. Hey, Michael, thank you so much for your time today. I can't say that enough. I think our listeners are going to get so much wisdom of this. And honestly, man, on my notes here, the biggest takeaway that I have, very simple, but it's that you have to start. Very simple, but very hard to implement as well. You've got the guts to go do that. You went and took action. And my hope is that there's somebody sitting out there today in an office chair or riding in their car that says, this is it. This is the key. I'm not going to let these feelings of being stuck keep me from doing what I want to do any longer. And I also hope that they hear that you don't have to have it all figured out. You don't, as you mentioned, but yet you've got a very inspirational message of taking action and chasing after the dreams that you want. Yeah, thank you so much for saying that. It means a lot to me. Um, and I think you're you're very right that it's a point of it's a point where I'm still trying to figure everything out. So I think it's an interesting time to be on the podcast as well. Uh, I don't usually take podcast requests or interviews at this point because, like I said, I'm, I'm still trying to figure out what direction I really want to go in and try to, to nail that down and, and get specific on it. But I do feel I'm on the brink of something really, really special and I'm trying not to go you know, too full force ahead too quickly and I'm trying not to let fear getting in the, get in the way of me taking massive action either. So I think it's an interesting time to you know, you share my story with the audience because a lot of people um, might be feeling the same thing or they might be you know, checking out my Instagram or checking out my website and feeling like I'm this special being, which I'm really not. And I think it's an interesting time. So uh, even for those listening, if you want to follow, I'd be more than happy to share my journey with you guys with my newsletter subscribers. I usually share, you know, what I'm thinking and what I'm doing, as well as my Instagram followers. So I'm more than happy to share my journey with you and give you, you know, my full self uh, as vulnerable as I could be so that you see the reality behind, you know, my life and really what it takes to, to make it happen for yourself. Hey, thanks again, man, for your time. I know it's evening there in Italy, but we just appreciate you letting us grab some of your time here for the Success 101 podcast. Jared, thank you so much. You're the man. I appreciate you having me on. And uh, um, if there's anything else I could do to, to help you or any, any of the listeners, I'd be more than happy to. So thank you. So grateful to have Michael Carbone on the show here with us today. And I'm so fortunate that I had a chance to bring him on to share the wisdom with you guys as listeners. Going from an unfulfilled corporate job where he felt stuck to having the courage to pack it up, move overseas and chase his dream of starting an online business and see in the world. And I hope one of the biggest messages you picked up on today is that Michael does not have this whole thing figured out. I loved his humility during the show today to give us a peek inside to his life to say, look, I don't have it all figured out, but I'm learning as time goes on and I'm not letting that uncertainty stop me from living the dream every day. Thanks so much, Michael. We wish you the best in all of your travels and your business endeavors. And I certainly appreciate your friendship. Guys, I've enjoyed it as always. Thank you so much for your support and keep sending in your comments to me. That's what's going to keep great content coming out to you on the show. The best way to reach me is my email address. That is the success101podcast 
at gmail.com. You can also reach me in the world of social media at Facebook, facebook.com slash success101podcast, on Twitter, at Warren Jared, and of course on Instagram, Jared underscore Warren. And I've got to tell you, I'm having so much fun with this podcast. What started off as just a hobby has now turned into something more than I would have ever imagined, and it's all because of you and your support. So tune on in next time. I'll catch you on another episode of the Success 101 podcast. Until then. 